You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hi, everyone. It's America. We're back for another session of In the Open. Teresa's here with me. Hi. So last week, we started um, a new conversation around being our true selves, uh, exploring what it is to really be the person you are, how to be myself. And this week, we're going to talk about will people really like the real me? Yeah. Have you ever asked this? Uh, always. I, I've, I started asking this question when I was a teen. Everybody asks that when they're a teen, right? Like, should yeah, we just be like, honest here? Yeah. And that question, I think, has evolved a little bit over time, but it's still the root of, of it is still the same thing. Can I really be myself out in the world and will people actually really like me? Which speaks to the idea that this is something that definitely changes over time. Because we change as individuals with new experiences, the folks we come into contact with, all that. As we develop into ourselves. Mm -hmm. But there's something unique about the fear and the desire to, is it to be liked? I feel like it's also like, I don't want to be bullied. (laughs) I don't want to stand out. I don't know. Were you the kind of person that wanted to stand out or did you want to? I was the person that wanted to hide. I was like, don't pay attention to me. I'm not special. No, I wasn't like that. I was like, even if there were times when I felt like, you know, like the little turtle that you just want to hide back in the shell, I'd be like, no, just do it. You're right. I'm more like that today. I didn't start that way. But when I was young. Elementary school, middle Mm -hmm. school, and high school, I mostly wanted to be ignored. And I can remember a few times when I drew attention and it was horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think part of the fear that you're talking about is, is connected to you may be interpreted by other people, whether you're seen as fitting in or not fitting in and what those parameters are, right? Then feeling like if you don't fit in, you there is a, a connection to feeling completely ostracized, right? Like you're othered in some way. And if you're the only one that's othered, you're standing out there alone in the cold by yourself. That's That's a hard feeling. Yeah, and I knew I didn't want to be alone. So I had a few friends mm-hmm. and that was a safe space. And I feel like that helped me a lot to frame life that way. Like, I don't need to be popular. I just have to have a few people. Yeah, I didn't want to be – in my frame of reference, it wasn't about being popular. It was just – I don't want to be fake. I I don't want to be fake to fit in. Did not being fake help you be have more friends? No. Aha, interesting. I always had that assumption in my head that – People who are really confident and who were their more genuine, authentic selves when they were younger were more naturally popular. I think it can go both ways. Um, I think in my experience, because I was just much more vocal about what I saw, what I wanted, it's far easier for people to see that and not 
and not want to be connected to somebody that's like differed in some way. This is my opinion of myself, right? I don't know what other people thought. I don't know. It didn't really phase me. It didn't really phase you, but you think about it. I think about it now within the context of this conversation around like, did people really like me? There came a point where I think I got to this place that I was like, it doesn't really matter. Like, this is who I am. If you like me, you like me. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. And if you have to deal with me, you're going to have to deal with me. But you you can make a choice the same way that I can. And I came to that conclusion probably like when I was in seventh or eighth grade. Dang, girl. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I felt confident enough like that until I was 25. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, like I told you and others in the past, like, I don't think I did real work until I was older, you know? Yeah. So I think for a lot of my younger life, I did not even ask the question, like, who am I? And never really even got to like, will people like the real me until I worked out who the real me was and asked myself like, oh, are you like being yourself around people? You know, I mean, I I mean, it's weird because I wasn't fake, you know, I wasn't like being fake, but I know that like, and it's funny because this is the way I see myself. Like I have to ask, I might have to ask like childhood friends that I still talk to, like, how did you see me? Because this is what my brain was telling me who I was. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. what reality was. Like I, I right. have a very strong sense as an adult now that my reality in my brain was not the reality of my life. So let me go back to something you said. You weren't necessarily fake. Yeah. But you didn't always share your thoughts. I don't think you have to always share your thoughts to be yourself. So tell me when you, in your experience, when you think back, were there parts of you that you were hiding because you felt that you would be judged by sharing that? So that's interesting because there were times in my life where everything that was around me was so stressful that I couldn't even develop into my full self. Like what I was attending to was safety. Okay. Right. And when you're when you're dealing with safety or you're dealing with mental health challenges that you don't even know what they are and you're just very overwhelmed, like you can't get to that self-actualization. Like what like doctors or psychologists talked about, self-actualization, like knowing yourself. Because I am my attention and my energy is spent on breathing and safety. Okay. And then once I was freed from that, that was in my later teen years. I don't even realize how much I recognized that because my energy was spent there, I I feel like to know myself and to find people like you, instead of just mimicking, instead of finding a safe space and just mimicking what other people do that allows you to pass is a a necessity you learn so that you're not bullied. And that's what I learned to do just to stay, just to like take the safety feeling and apply it to like other social situations that I was having so that I could just get through the experiences. And mm-hmm. then it wasn't in my 20s when I was, when I started to- Like really explore. Yeah. Like, like who am I as opposed to who am I supposed to be because everybody tells me who I'm supposed to be. And if I am myself and I started to meet people who I spent a lot of time with because I was also a very lonely child, 
then I had a lot of interactions with more people and more time where I stopped pretend like I just stopped mimicking as a way to survive socially. This is so weird to talk about this intellectually. Then I started to feel like, oh, I have friends, like friends. Like I had a friend that knew me, but I think we we got along because we just enjoyed each other's company. And then later in my life, I have friends who I really enjoyed because I was like, oh, I like these real things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now that I like these real things and I have a better sense of who I am, now I'm talking to people differently than I did before. Yeah, like real tangible things that you can latch on to. I think too, though, in in hearing you speak and the way that I describe my experience, it, it really comes from a place of privilege, right? In that I didn't experience trauma in the same way that you did in earlier part of my childhood. I mean, even though you could say immigrating to the United States was traumatic, but not in the same way that you have. So there were very finite spaces of time, you know, elementary school kind of thing, where I was in a very stable home environment, very stable neighborhood, you know, the only trouble I got into is because I didn't listen, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I broke the rules that were set forth by my parents, not Mm -hmm. me like trying to navigate dangerous situations. Yeah. And so I think it's important to acknowledge, yeah, that these are the kinds of experiences that shape the way that we come to understand who we are and how we Mm -hmm. find people like us and how it's born from our last episode, which is like having the space and time to find out who you are is really important. But okay, so let's talk about micro moments, right? Because even as an adult, sometimes I'll sit... (laughs) And I'll say something out of my mouth. And I know this is a common anxiety experience. You know, you say something out of your mouth and you're like, why did I say that? Or, oh my gosh, did what I say make somebody feel bad? Or mm. or why did you act so wild? <laughs> These are weird holdovers <laughs> from my wanting to just go into the background, right? Like if I'm not going to go in the background, if I'm going to speak my mind, I almost instantly, it's hard to let go of that habit to go back to my shell. And it, and it interferes in my current fam- friend relationship. It interferes with my relationship with my husband. It interferes with my relationships at work. Where you want to retreat into the, I'm going to call it into the shell and in, in like your comfort zone. Or just like, or just in my head. Yeah, you know okay. where where you can just overly ruminate about your stupid decisions <laughs> to speak to literally speak because sometimes I make stupid decisions and like when I talk about oh in high school the first time the 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 few times where you know people actually noticed me it was horrifying it was because it's not just like I spoke my mind I actually also did something that was horribly horrifying <laughs> but now even as an adult even if I say something where I'm just like wait. And and to me, these are the micro moments that I feel like where they're leftovers, where I'm like, well, people like the real me. Like you spoke out, mm. you said things, you said what you feel. And then and then there's something in my brain that is is it anxiety or the trauma or whatever that's like immediately. It's not all the time too. So I have to ask myself, like, what are the things that I say that cause me to jump to that versus when I don't ever think that? But do you ever think those things? Do you ever have the that that automatic reaction where you're just like, why did you why did you say that? 
Um, I, I have. Most often in, in, in all of my development, the thing that sticks out is the way that I say things, my delivery, mm. both tone, facial features, everything can be very strong. So my immediate thoughts, like, did I hurt your feelings? Like, not offend. Did I hurt your feelings? Oh, my God. Did I just hurt your feelings? Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Look, she looks so sad. And I don't know why she's. And then that's. And I'm like, I didn't. I didn't mean it to sound that way. Mm -hmm. So that's my experience. Being intentional about how I say things so I don't hurt people's feelings. I think that's really important. Because I think when you put yourself out there the way that other people receive you or whether or not you have safe friends who can give you constructive criticism and whether you have the ears to hear them about our annoying qualities <laughs> without getting hurt really makes a yeah. difference between like, am I going to be stuck in this old self or am I going to learn how to grow and know what it means to be with people because people are not robots. They have feelings like, yeah, we hurt them. We hurt feelings. <laughs> So like my anxiety yeah, brain tells me like, oh my God, I need to hurt people's feelings. Like maybe I'm over whatever, but I've also had people in my life who aren't, who are like, who, when they tell me like, you need to chill that out or, you know, because like, I understand your anxiety brains like that, but that's also super annoying. <laughs> like people will say that I'm a serious person, right? Like people that don't really know me that, you know, that are part of my inner circle or whatever, they'll be like, you're such a serious person. I'm like, Why? I, I, I'm actually not serious at all. Like, I am funny as hell, okay? <laughs> but I only show that side to, like, people that are not going to be offended by just me being silly. I'm a silly person. That's what it is. I'm just silly with, you know, I do a lot with my face. I make facial expressions and, you know. Um, okay, that's so interesting because you're saying that you do hold back with your silliness. So yes. a lot of people tell you you're serious? Yeah. Why are you so serious? <laughs> I'll tell you why I'm so serious. Because most often is is in professional spaces. So it's not so much that I hold back. In part it is, but it's more about like the different personas we take on based on the environment in which we're in. Mm. I am still my true self. Like I'm showing up as a complete person, but I'm not – you know, I might I might choose not to use the same words in a professional space where I would completely like say something different to my girlfriends. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I mean. Yeah. So you've been taught that to make it in this working world that you have to be pretty buttoned up. Yeah. And you totally have to code switch. Yeah. Within that space. Which is different than when you're with friends. Totally. Especially being a woman who identifies as Latina and then all the stereotypes that like sit on my shoulders because of that. Yeah. I think what where we, where we were going, where we were is the development that occurs depending on the different spaces that we're in and also this idea that we do at different times encapsulate different personas depending on the environment. But out of all of that is this connection to feeling like you can show up as a whole person. And, and the way that feels to me is that whether in a professional space or in, in a personal space, I can still say to you, maybe with different words or whatever, but be like, whatever you just said 
wasn't cool because I don't agree with that and this is why. And if I wasn't comfortable with myself and knowing that I would be able to say that to people, then for me that feels disingenuous and not true to who I am as a person. That's true, right? To be your genuine self and to be what ready and able to navigate into the will people like the real me requires enough security or it's also it's also um I say warm and it's um I don't know my anxiety subsides a lot more, you know. Okay. Um in spaces where I feel like I don't have to ask the question will people like the real me anymore? But you know, this this point of conversation came about from one of our listeners, right? Um Lauren, who was talking about a little bit of how she how she navigates the spaces of, you know, being seen as a very like jovial energetic person who has all these stories and people being attracted to that. Yeah. As seen as the Oh, she always has the greatest stories. You know, she's so fun. And just talk and talking back and forth and having a lot of energy right. and conversation. Yeah. And then coming to the realization like, I don't want to have to be that every time I show up in this space. Part of that, it comes to this question like, are people going to really like the real me? The person, maybe tomorrow I do show up all funny and energetic. And then the next day I show up pissed off. And then the next day I'm just like, Eh. Yeah. But my my more common daily function is like, eh, whatever, right? But nobody ever sees that because they're more willing to see that energetic person. Or even what it looks like when you know that you're code switching so much that you bring a different side of yourself to the table mm-hmm. and people are like, who is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened? And then you come to wrestle with the realization that your code switching or your like personas <laughs> are so distinct in these different environments. Yeah, you know what comes to mind? I, I was just having this conversation the other day and there's a tone of voice and tone of inflection where when I am in thought and in like manager mode, like getting things done, you know, mm-hmm my voice will change. And I'm like, actually, you have to do these things, right? And I said something like that to my fiance. He's like, oh, yeah, here comes the manager voice. I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, that's you already getting ready into your mindset of like giving orders of things for functioning. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And then I, I stopped myself for a moment. I was like, whoa. And he's like, it's just funny how you can do that. And I was like, all right. That is hilarious. Do I really do that? (laughs) But I know that I do it. I know I have things like that as I've gotten more and more tired because there's a bit of, is it, it's like, there's a bit of energy that you have to put into that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I notice that when I'm like tired, like when we're depressed, I'm just like, oh, I'm reverting to this self. (laughs) (laughs) There's no other self to be happier. There's yeah. no energy for other self. But see, I think that when we get to a place where we can show up and just be with a person mm-hmm. and they accept you, that's the place where that warm feeling comes about. Like, I don't have to explain to you why the hell I have this look on my face. Mm-hmm. You just are like, fine. <laughs> Let's roll with it. Like, nothing's wrong here. That's just who she is. 
Yeah, I can think of a couple people where even across time, like if I haven't spoken to you in a long time, but whatever it is that we have with our relationship, there is a safety there. But what what hasn't happened sometimes is conflict. And when you have conflict, I feel like you really show your real self. And with some of my friends, sometimes I wonder, do the friendships that don't have conflict, is it different? You know? I, I haven't had huge bouts of conflict with my my friends, but there are moments that we disagree. Mm-hmm. But it's not like it's not at all in the same way that I would disagree with my partner. Dude, that's like a loaded relationship. No way. So maybe it's funny because the people that I feel most comfortable with are people that I've lived with. Really? Yeah, because the con the conflicts, the conflicts that come up when you don't do the dishes or, you know, or when you like use to- toothpaste differently or fold laundry or I don't know, just things, little things. Nope, not nope. at all. Not at all. <laughs> I've, I've never, I've never lived with these people. I've traveled with them. Mm, traveling um, is a good one. Okay, this person that I'm that I it's so funny because this person has come in and out of my life, but I haven't seen this person. I don't see this person regularly. I don't even know that she would even know that I'm thinking about her. But when you asked me like who she popped up in my brain, I have lived with her. I have traveled with her. But like she doesn't know everything that's going on in my life right now. You know what I mean? But when we get together, we we meld fast. So that relationship that you're thinking about, mm-hmm. you can show up completely as your true self. Yeah. And is it her? Is it me? Is it the time we spent together? Yeah. No, I I feel like I show up and I don't feel any fear. I don't even ask the question, do you like me anymore? Because I have full confidence that they like me. They have called me out. But it's always so, from a place yeah. of love. You know, yeah. So have these people. The, I think when I when I expand that beyond the two people that I have in mind, um, I guess w- when I started dating uh, my partner, I was like, "Well, this is me," <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. But even then, I was, I was very forthcoming, and I was like, "This is what I. This is who I am. This is what I want." And f- for him, he was taken aback and was like, the hell? Uh, Who the hell talks like that, you know? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what experiences you've had. This is me coming in as who I am. That's really interesting because I think in the context of relationships and, and romantic relationships, ugh, that's the worst because I was not showing up as my authentic self. I did not know how to show up as my authentic self in a romantic relationship. Yeah, you know when like all the glimmer from the uh, from your dating app disappears or whatever and you're like, "What? Who is this person?" So, I think part of that conversation is partly tied to how comfortable we may feel in being able to really show Parts of ourselves that are oftentimes hidden behind curtains because we want to look shiny and new or whatever. And we're just like, okay. And, and with trust, little by little, you, you show, you know, what's behind curtain A and you're like, 
look, this is something about me. And if they don't respond negatively, then you're like, okay, look, this curtain, it's going to remain open now, right? Yeah. So it's it's talking about comfort and ease, but it's definitely dependent on the other person. All right. Uh, I want to say one more thing. I would close it out with this thought. If you're struggling with this question about will people really like the real me, I think it's such an important one that connects us back to how we developed, which you have to think about to really get to a place of being like, okay, well, I'm not fully developed yet. Hey, here I am, 40-some, and I'm still developing. So the other part of that is it's okay to show up in these spaces and be protective of yourself and Mm -hmm. of your identity and the things that are closest to your heart, you know, Mm -hmm. and know that not everybody has to like you. They may not be the right fit for you. And that's okay. I 100% agree. I feel like in these moments that are so personal about who we are and wanting to feel belonging, Mm -hmm. that we can take on a lot of shame and and then become our own worst enemy. And that's so damaging because I'm not working through the stuff in a way that's healthy. So I'm just like sitting in my own space, beating myself up on top of whatever experience, you know, and that's that's all wrapped up in these experiences. Yeah. And so to learn how to give yourself space and compassion and healing so that you can find people who like you because you do also feel confident that you've shown up to be yourself is wrapped up in healing and knowing yourself, which is the best gift I think we can give ourselves. Yeah. A shout out again to Lauren who brought up this whole concept. We are going to finish this up next week with how do I find people like me? (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Keep on fighting in the open. Bye.